Take your Bibles and turn to Ezekiel, Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37. Open them up to the middle and then go right. My right. Ezekiel 37, verse 1. Israel, in the context here, has been uh, just about destroyed, going through things. God's showing a vision, showing a prophecy to the prophet here about Israel. But just like anything else in the Old Testament, we can take uh, we can take spiritual application to uh, to what God is historically maybe saying to the nation of Israel. We can learn from it, and glean from it, and grow from it. In Ezekiel chapter thirty-seven, verse one, the Bible says, "The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord." And set me down in the midst of the valley which is full of bones. I don't know about you, but I hope that just for a second this morning you can disconnect from this world. And just seek and desire God's hand to be upon you for His Spirit to fill you. He says in verse 2, And caused me to pass by them round about. Behold, there was very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. These bones were dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? It's funny how as we read the Scripture, even in the Gospels, Jesus Christ would ask His disciples questions that He obviously knew the answer to. (laughs) He just wanted to see if He believed. Right? He wanted to see if we believed that these bones, that these dead, dry bones could live again. He said, and I answered, O Lord, Thou knowest. Good answer. Again, He said unto me, Prophesy unto these bones and say unto them, Oh, you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. He says to Ezekiel, he says, prophesy to these dry bones. He says, preach to them. Tell them, hey, hear the word of the Lord. The meeting that we had last week, we uh, called it a, a revival. And what's it mean? what's it mean to be revived? It means to be brought back to life, right? It means that maybe that you've gotten a little dry, right? And need to have some, some new freshness, some new life. In, a, in our Christian life, in our walk, sometimes we can get dry, right? And he's telling the prophet here, God's telling the prophet here, he says, prophesy to him, preach to him. Hey, tell him to hear the word of the Lord. You know what I'm convinced of? I'm convinced that if you want to have a, a Christian life that is, is fresh, is alive, it's not dry, it's not, it's not cold, 
but it's alive, it's warm, it's living. Do you know what, I, you know what I'm convinced of? That we have to be in the Word of the Lord. We have to be Amen. in the Bible. We have to be reading it. We have to be reading it, looking, looking into it, you know, seeking into it. And then there's, there's more than just hearing it, right? There's doing it. There's believing it. And if we do that, if we'll pick up our Bibles, I believe this. I believe that if we pick up the Word of God and we begin to read it, and then we begin to believe what it says, that there will be a life, that there will be uh, a freshness, that there will be signs of life, spiritual life in our lives. In other words, the Spirit, the Spirit will begin to move in us and through us. Verse 5, thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. Of course, the breath in the Bible is a picture of what? It's a picture of the Holy Spirit, right? It's a picture of the Holy Spirit. And he says, and I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and will cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Live, And you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking and bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them. And the skin covered them above, and there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man. And say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. You know what we need to be praying for? <laughs> Lord, come. Lord, come to us. Lord, come from the four corners. Come from the four winds. Lord, bring your spirit here and fill us. You know what makes, it, you know what makes all the difference in church? You know what makes all the difference? Is if his spirit's there. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, the Bible says there is liberty. That means there's freedom. There's no, we're not bound by anything. Our, our mind is free to think. Our mind is free to worship the Lord. Praying and seeking His Spirit. He says in verse 10, So I prophesied as He commanded me, and the breath came unto them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet. Look at this. An exceeding great army. Can you imagine this vision? Can you imagine this, this that, that Ezekiel seeing here, that this valley of dry, dry bones. And he prays and he preaches to these dry bones and the Spirit of the Lord comes and fills them, gives them breath and then stands there an exceeding great army. You know what I see here? See an exceeding great army. If we're if we are filled with God's Spirit, if we're filled with His Spirit, if the believers of this earth, if God's people are filled with His Spirit, when we leave these four walls, when we go out into the world to be a light, it's an exceeding great army. <laughs> Again, I said there's multiple ways we could look at this passage, you know, and. Thessalonians, the Bible says that the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ shall be raised. We believe in the resurrection. We believe no matter how dry the bones get, 
one day the trumpet will sound and they will come back together and we will put on a glorified body. That's one way to look at this. this we can look in a historical sense just how Israel was just about wiped out, but God revived them and brought them back. But this morning we're going to take a look and make application to ourselves of how a sinner may be raised from his hopeless, spiritually dead condition and made alive in Christ. And then how we as believers can sometimes get dry in our Christian life, but yet when the Spirit of the Lord blows in and blows on us, boy, how we feel revived and feel energized, right? Just this past week, I, uh, you know... It takes a lot for me to admit this, but, but I was starting to get worn out. I, I don't know. I think so. I, my philosophy has changed. I used to act like you couldn't wear yourself out, but uh, I was getting there. And so we uh, we went away. We went away there, and uh, even though I was preaching uh, every every day, still I had more time to uh, just uh, read and, and draw close to the Lord. And by Tuesday, I mean His Spirit was back in me. You know. And and uh, reading the scripture, and and it, it, it was speaking to us, you know. And you're getting more out. Of, you, have you ever read a passage in the Bible and then and you got it done? And then you've read a passage in the Bible and you could care less if you got it done because there's all kinds of things that the Lord has spoken to you about. That's the Spirit moving, right? It's working in you. Sometimes, sometimes our our condition. Sometimes we get dried out because we just we're we're not resting enough. And allowing, putting that time away enough for God to work. Right? I'm here to tell you, I'm pretty confident that the Holy Spirit is more of a still, small voice than anything else. Amen. That's right. And in order to hear it, we sometimes have to turn down a lot of the other noise. And it affects us, boy. It will really affect us to, 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 to intentionally put that off and put it aside and then hear His his voice. The purpose of this message would be to stir us up. Stir us up as God's people to seek after His filth. We can do a lot of spiritual activities and probably get them done if we have enough determination and character. <laughs> or we can get filled with His Spirit and just enjoy the journey. And, and, and work for the Lord and serve the Lord out of a pleasure, out of a joy, and out of an overflow. The Holy Spirit of God, the Bible tells us, is the comforter. He is the comforter. And by the way, we as, as sojourners here in this world, there's times that we're going to need comfort. But you know, the, the Holy Spirit is also in the Bible the quickener. In other words, He's the one that makes us alive. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. It is the work of the Holy Spirit that brings new life to us. Would you agree with that? It is through His Spirit that He moves into us. He seals us in salvation. He baptizes us into Christ, the Bible says. This Spirit brings new life. You know, recognizing that as believers, as Christians, is important because sometimes we could begin to depend on methods or all these different spiritual pursuits. We could, we could depend on abilities or even experience. But if the Lord, if the Lord doesn't 
bless our labor or our effort with His Spirit, it's in vain. Listen, guys, this morning we have come together, and I hope all of our hearts are knit together for one reason, that we can glorify God through this service. We pray, worship Him, hear His Word preached. But if His Spirit doesn't bless us with His presence and start to move, we all have spiritual needs. We all have us. We all have to eat spiritually, and it's got to be through the Holy Spirit that He comes and visits us, that He speaks to us through His Word. We, as believers, as children of God, should desire it. Let me ask you a question. Without the Holy Spirit in our life, spiritually, we are powerless. We're powerless. Without His Holy Spirit flowing through us. Listen, as children of God, as God's as God's people, we understand, we understand the, the leading of the Spirit, don't we? I mean, that doesn't, that's not a strange thing when I say that, the leading of the Spirit. His Spirit, a still small voice saying, not a good idea, or definitely do that. You should do that. Go here, go there, do this. He, well, does He lead us? For, for someone that doesn't have the Spirit, that doesn't make sense, does it? The leading of the Spirit, how He directs us. But boy, we should, we should be sensitive to that on a daily basis, saying, Lord, are you speaking to me? I haven't heard from you today. Wonder, wonder why I haven't heard from you. If, it, you know, if there's someone close to you and you haven't heard from them in a day or two that you're used to talking to every day, you know what Jesus said? What's going on? I haven't heard from them. You know what we should be doing? We should be sensitive to this. Say, hey, hold on. Maybe I should stop, spend some time, seek the Lord in prayer. Is there something in my heart that I want to hear His voice? I want to hear His voice. In Zechariah 4, 6, the Bible says, Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. It's by His Spirit that we are led. It's by His Spirit that we walk and we seek His Spirit and His filling. In Luke 4, 18, the Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. We need His Spirit. We need His Spirit to do service. To do ministry, we really do. We need His Spirit. We need His, we need His power to do ministry. To help others is what I'm saying. To be a blessing to others spiritually, we need it. We need His Spirit in marriage. We need His Spirit to, to, to raise children. We need His Spirit at work for our careers, right? We need, we need His Spirit. We need to be depending on Him in spiritual warfare. In other words, I guess that's one way of saying it. We need Him. We need Him all the time. And so it's probably more important you say... I. Have you? I know we've all said this. Man, I get up in the morning and I don't have time. Right? I don't have time to, to cry unto the Lord and ask Him to set my day right and ask Him to help me. I don't have time to get in the Scripture. But if we sit here right now and, it's, and, and, and we're thinking, right, hopefully, right? <laughs> it's not Monday morning in a rush. But we're sitting here thinking, if He empowers us to go through our day and gives us wisdom and guidance and understanding... The time spent in the morning is well spent. Would you agree with me? Amen. That is what it is time well spent. 
We didn't waste any time by fellowship and getting filled up and, and energized and, and our, our mindset on right things. Take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. He says in verse 18, he says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. In other words, he gives us a command of what we should be doing and a command of what we shouldn't be doing in the same verse, right? You see that? And the command of what we should be doing is what? Be filled with the Spirit. Now, when we're, when we're saved, when we're born again, the Holy Spirit of God and all of His Spirit indwells us, right? It's not that we're lacking any of His Spirit that we need more of. It is, a, it is, his, it is us that has to be yielded to Him in order to feel it. In other words, the Bible tells us not to breathe His Spirit, and not to quench His Spirit. And as that Spirit inside of us is trying to talk to us, is trying to lead us, is if, we're, if we're quenching His Spirit by bitterness and anger and self-will, right? If we're, if we're telling it to shut up, then we're not filled with the Spirit. But if we're yielded to it, in other words, we are, we are allowing it to lead us and allowing it to guide us, boy, we'll start to feel it flow through us. And I'm here to tell you, when it's flowing through you, it's a thrill. It's a thrill. And, and other people know it. I mean, you get the Spirit of God working in you. It's, you say, are you, you know, are you just talking about feelings here? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just talking about feelings. It feels great. It's a thrill. It's, it's, it's love, joy, peace. It's, you know, that's what the world's looking for. That's what they're seeking for. When you start to feel His, His Spirit in you working through you, and, and, and you begin, you know what happens when you're filled with the Spirit? You're able to do things for the right motive. And, and when you're doing things for the right motive, you enjoy it. And when you're serving God because you love God, you just enjoy it. It's a joy. It's a thrill. Look, look, look here, though. We have to be intentional on in which way to go. Hold your finger in Ephesians. We'll go back there. But Galatians chapter, Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. You know, you know we're vessels for God's service, right? God, he's the potter, we're the clay, he makes us, he molds us, we're his vessel. What's he do? He fills us, right? And then he pours us out. You know what we're always worried about? Are we a vessel that's, you know, silver or gold? Are we this or that? You know, it doesn't necessarily matter what the vessel is made of. He's the potter, we're the clay, he can make us out of whatever he wants. You know what matters? Is that we're clean. He wants a clean vessel to pour his spirit in, to pour his spirit out, Right? A clean vessel. Look at Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. It says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, that's easy. Right? Well, that's, that's all you got to do. Right? 
Well, I just gotta walk after the spirit, and then I, I don't want, you know, all the, you know what the flesh to fulfill, fulfill the lust of the flesh. <laughs> you know what that means. You know what it ultimately brings. It brings it brings trouble in our life, right? Uh, it brings death ultimately, the Bible says. It brings hardship. So none of us necessarily want to do that. We don't want that end result. So he says, walk after the spirit, and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, that's easy, right? No, it's not easy. That's that's the struggle. That's the daily uh we got to be intentional. Do, 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 do you agree that tomorrow on Monday you're going to have your own? You're going to have one. You're going to have your own free will. You got your own free will all the time. And you can say, "I'm going to, I'm going to walk with the Lord. I'm going to seek after Him. I'm going to fellowship with Him. I'm going to be filled with the Spirit. Or I'm just going to go headlong into what I got to do and do it all myself and rip and roar and tear. And I'm going to do everything. And I'm going to, you know, no matter how I have to do it, I'm going to get it done. Type spirit and attitude, right? We, we can choose. We can choose to go after our own, our own strength and our own flesh, or we can choose to just walk in the Spirit. We agree with that. He goes down. He starts listing these things not good. He says that as a Christian, the, verse 17, the flesh, it, it wars with the Spirit. They're contrary one to another. You've got one that wants to do right and one, one that doesn't want to do right. And then he goes through the works of the flesh. It's... It's a list of, of hard, hard things, of evil things. He said, idolatry, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, seditions, heresy, envyings, murders, drunkenness, reveling. He goes on to say, you know, these are all the, these are all the outworkings of the flesh. And then he contrasts that here with the, the outworking or the working out or the fruit of the Spirit. Verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. You know, any of us, all of us, if we had a choice of which one we would have as results in our life, we would definitely choose the fruits of the Spirit. But we have to be intentional to what? Walk after the Spirit, right? To get these fruits, to get these things. And, it, and when we do that, and we have the power to do that because the Spirit's in us, there is an inner life of the believer. I, I hope that if you've come to Wellspring very long, that you, you don't accuse me of preaching too much on how we, 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 we fix up the outside. I don't do that. I, Lord, Lord help me. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, we're interested in the heart. That's it. The inner life. What happens in here and then all the other things will take care. If you've got the Holy Spirit of God in you, He'll lead you. You've got the Word of God. You've got the Spirit of God. You, you, you'll, you'll figure it out. But the, the intentional part is getting the inner man right and being intentional for the inner man. Turn back now to Ephesians. Back to Ephesians verse chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 19. So, he gives the command of what we are to do. Be filled with the Spirit, verse 18. And then he says, this is what's going to happen. Verse 19, look. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. You know what's going to happen when you're filled with the Spirit? You know what the, the first result's going to be? 
Uh, we, we've read before, you'll one, become a witness, a bold witness, Acts chapter 1. The other thing is, you'll, you'll have a song in your heart. Yeah. In, inside, you'll be like going through the day, woo, you know, you're talking to yourself. Talking to yourself. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, talking to yourself. And, and, you know, it's not, it's not the cussing out yourself, you know. And yet, what did I do that for? No, it's a praise God. I mean, yeah. You know, it's good stuff, you know. It's the, it's the song in my heart. I'm excited. I'm thrilled. I'm, he's working through me. He's flowing. You ever feel that? Yeah. You ever feel, man, he's flowing through me. You know, never get done. I was talking about giving your testimony. You know, uh, you know, when you give your testimony, you start telling people what happened to you and God changed your life and saved you, whether it helps them or not, which a lot of times it will, by the time you <laughs> walk away, you're thrilled. You're like, wow, God really has worked in my life. He really is doing things. He is working. I'm thrilled. You know, you walk away with a joy inside, a, a, a peace, a he says this, verse 20, here's another result. Here's another result of being spirit-filled. Not just a song in your heart, but he says this, verse 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father and the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is probably one of the quickest ways to realize as a believer whether you're in the Spirit or out of the Spirit. Or you're in, you know, the Spirit. You're just thankful. You know, you just become thankful. You know what happens when you're not? You become unthankful. It's that simple. I'm complaining and and griping and this person didn't do this. But, you know, when you fill up, you're just, wow, this is great. Thank you. You know, this is wonderful. Lord, look at the life you've given me that I don't deserve. Look at what you've done for me. Look at the future that you've laid out for me. You start to become thankful. And when that happens... When that happens, take your Bibles now and just look with me just quickly. I'm going to skip through a bunch of things in Ephesians. So you're filled with His Spirit. The inner life, your inner life, you're singing, your heart, you're thankful. Then verse 21. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Talking about husbands and wives. You start getting filled with the Spirit, you know what? You'll start submitting to each other. This happens in church. In other words, in other words, you're not so self-willed. Yeah. You're not so arrogant and proud and stuck in our ways, right? And so then he begins from verse 21 all the way to verse 33 to talk about the spirit-filled life in a marriage. You know, to be able to have God's spirit, you say, "Well, I never thought of it that way." Look, if you're if you're if you're married, you're. That's what we should seek after, is, is both of us filled with the Spirit in marriage, seeking the Lord. And you know what? Well, you know what? You can't work out when both are filled with the Spirit. You can work anything out. You can, you can get through anything. It, it, there can be joy and peace in, in the home. Then he goes on. After that, chapter 6, verse 1, he goes into children. Obey your parents. Honor your father and mother. And then he goes... Um, Verse, verse 4, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Chapter 6, verse 1 through 4 begins to tell us, hey, how, how, to, how to bring up children, how to raise children in the Spirit. The important thing is, is, hey, let's not try and do service. Let's not try and do ministry. Let's not try and do marriage. Let's not try and bring up our children without His Spirit. We have it in us. So first, get filled with the Spirit, and then 
He'll lead us into these things. He'll guide us. Hey, we all need wisdom on how to bring up children if we have children. You know what? His Spirit will begin to lead us and guide us. Every child's different, right? And so we need His Spirit to begin to help us how to deal with and bring up and train up. He goes right after that. Verse 5. Verse 5 through 9. He starts talking about how you know, servants to their masters or employees to their employers. He said, we need God's Spirit at work. Yeah, we need God's Spirit. Why? Because as Christians, because as believers, we are working as unto the Lord. So we need His Spirit to do it. Then, verse 11 through 18, He begins to tell us how to do spiritual warfare. And it's going to come. We have an enemy, so... There's going to be temptation. There's going to be troubles. There's going to be things that come up against us. He says, do it in the Spirit. Look at verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Allow the sword to do the work. Allow the Spirit to do the work. Then he tells us in verse 19 and 20 that we're to speak boldly. We're to proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. All these things, all these things, We're to do in His Spirit, filled with His Spirit, by His Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, turn there, Acts chapter 1. Jesus, He has rose from the dead. He's commissioned them. He's given them the great commission. And He's just about ready to ascend into heaven. While He was here on earth, He had promised His disciples that he was going to send the Comforter. That the Comforter was going to be with them, going to lead him and guide him, teach him all truth. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 4, he's getting ready to ascend into heaven. He says, and, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. You know what? Christ is telling him, wait in Jerusalem until you have the Spirit. Until you have my Holy Spirit. You know what? You know what would be, would be wise for us many times? Is to, instead of just trying to push through, it's time just to wait and make sure that we are fellowshipping with the Lord, make sure that we're communing with the Lord. Hey, you say, how are we going to be filled with His Spirit? It's going to be spending time with Him in His Word, abiding in Christ. He says, hey, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you're going to bear what? Much fruit. Where's the fruit come from? The fruit of the Spirit. So as we're abiding in Christ and we're... So what I'm saying is the time we spend waiting on Him is time well spent. Because then He empowers us to do those things that are eternal. Look at the result of it. He says in verse 8, Acts chapter 1, But ye shall receive what? Power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. He goes on to say, you'll be witnesses. Hey, we need the power of God in our life. Do you desire it? Of course we do. We have to have it, right? So what do we need to do? We need to seek after it. We need to wait on it. And what's it mean to wait? Isaiah 40, in verse 31, it says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. That's what a revival is, a renewing, right? I hope this morning something inside of you, something from the Scripture renewed you. 
to be able to, to seek after God and walk with Him this week. He says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up as wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. When we are waiting on the Lord, you know what we're doing? We're expecting Him. In the mornings, go, go, go expecting to meet Him. Go expecting Him to fill you. Expect His Spirit to go with you. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Did He not? He said, if you seek Me, you're going to find Me. So why wouldn't we expect Him to fill us? Why wouldn't we expect Him to be with us? Why wouldn't we? As we draw close to Him, desire Him. This is the call to action this week is say, hey Lord, fill me with Your Spirit. Lead me by Your Spirit. Empower me with Your Spirit. Lord, if, you, if you're here in, in, in this last week, you should say, I've been worn out. I've been looking at what the task I have before me, and it's, it's, it's tough, right? Abide in Him more. Trust in Him more. Allow Him to empower us more. And He will. He will. In John chapter 12, I'm going to close with this. In John chapter 12, in verse 1. This is after Lazarus had been raised from the dead. John 12, 1, the Bible says, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead, verse 2 of chapter 12. There they made him a supper, but Martha, pay attention, served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at meat, or sat at the table with him. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going, to, I'm going to call that communion. Lazarus sat and communed with the Lord, right? He connected with the Lord through, through a meal. Then Martha, a pound of ointment, then took Martha a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. We see here Martha served. Lazarus communed. But what Mary did, she worshipped. And when Christ is near, I'm here to tell you it's good to serve, but it's not probably the right time to serve when Jesus is sitting at the table. It's a better time to commune, and it may even be a better time to worship. And so get, getting those things straight, hey, before we ever go to serve, before we ever go out, before we ever go to warfare, before we ever try to do these things, make sure we spend that time in communion and worship. And then our service won't be such a drag. It won't be so hard and it won't be so heavy of a burden to bear. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, as we come before you, we're asking you to make us an exceeding great army. God, I pray that if there's some in here, Lord, this morning that are dry, Lord, I pray that your word would begin to wash over them and and God would, would renew us and raise us up. Give us life. Lord, fill us with your spirit. We're asking you, God, we're praying and seeking your spirit in our lives this week. Lord, if you'll send it to us and fill us with it, God, we'll be sensitive to listen, to follow, to obey, to seek after you, Lord. Give us power. Make us witnesses. Give us an a joyful inner life so that we can fellowship and worship you. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen.